This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. And thank you so much for such a warm welcome today. I have not been around for the last three previous Sundays. Uh, we were two Sundays in Alaska, serving at Alaska Christian College. You'll get an update on that amazing trip in a couple of weeks when the team is all back together. And then last week, my wife and I were on vacation in Mexico, which actually is in itself its own mission trip. We had such a great opportunity there. We've gone to this same place for the last couple of years with good friends. And just to pray, as we were talking about with Anders' dad, just to pray with staff in the restaurants, at the beaches, uh, by the pool, just in the open spaces, they would come to us and ask us for prayer. Uh, and, and then the more people saw us praying for each other, then they would come and ask for prayer as well. It was really, really a great mission experience, although also very relaxing. And as you can know, I'm baked to a golden brown today, so that's really nice. So, no, thank you for your welcome. Psalm 98, okay, it's in the middle of our Bible, but it has a significant footprint that carries deep into the rest of the biblical story. Um, it is a call, or you might even say an appeal, uh, for us to know, to live, and to sing out a new song to the Lord. And it's a song of praise to the Lord, one that we will do together in churches, as it talks about doing it together with the instruments, as we've just done and will continue to do, but also even joining that great choir of nature that all of the earth is singing out to the glory of God the Father for the victory, the salvation he has rendered to us. And so we're going to spend some time this morning looking at the structure of this ancient hymn, uh, and we're going to look at how it kind of flows out, because I would love for you to be able to go home from here and have more of an intimacy, a knowledge of Psalm 98, so that as it comes up in your reading, or maybe even reflecting later this week when you open your Bible again, and like, let me just read it again and see it, you'll understand it, you'll be able to receive it to yourself better. And then, after we kind of go through an overview, there's a little textual note I want to give you, a nugget that God had tucked into this very word for us to read and reflect on today with fresh meaning. Then, I want to give you some personal reflection on how God has putting a, put a new song into my heart. Um, it's interesting to be here this morning. Uh, I, it's just a couple of days over the one-year mark since I joined you last year, and it's been such an amazing year to get to know all of you so well, and I know that's a relationship we're going to continue to grow in, so I'm going to reflect a little bit on, on who I am and as you've gotten to know me this year, uh, and especially how this hymn speaks into my continuing ministry with you, um, and then I want, us to I want to invite us to respond, to, to sing a new song out of renewed hearts to a God who has given us such an amazing story of salvation to praise His holy name. Well, that's a lot to go through, so let me pray as we begin that God would continue to speak to your heart and mind this morning by His Word. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, for these ancient words that were put down so many centuries ago, knowing, Lord, that we would read them fresh today. Holy Spirit, would You amplify these words in our heart? that they would be not ancient words for us any longer, but a renewed call for us to sing with, out of fresh hearts and fresh voice and fresh passion the joy of your salvation. And Father, we thank you for that great story and this wonderful psalm that is, has such a wonderful footprint in all of the rest of the biblical story. But would you let it step deep into our hearts this morning as it has mine? Thank you, Lord, for these words. 
Again, I pray that you'd fill us with them in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, great. Um, Otherwise, I can put just the outline on the screen for you. But I want us to look back at these words and just reflect again on the structure of Psalm 98. So again, when you spend time in it later, or when it comes across again in your readings, you have an idea of what's happening. So it begins, as we said earlier, as we spoke earlier in unison, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. Well, this, right off the top of the psalm, is an invitation, and it opens up the entire rest of the poem. Sing to the Lord a new song. Oh, sing. Oh, sing. There's an appeal here that the writer has been instructed by the Holy Spirit to give us an invitation to sing out of a brand new song. Now, what does that mean, a new song? Does that mean new words, a new tune? Does that mean a renewed heart? And the answer to it is is all of it. That we would either sing a brand new song of God's victory today in our hearts, or we might sing familiar words, but with fresh heart and fresh voice. Sing to the Lord, sing to him a new song. Verses 1 through 3, the rest, give us a reason that we should be filled with this freshness, this new song. It says, for the Lord has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him a victory. And the Lord has made known this victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of all the nations He's remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen this victory of our God. This is the reason that we should give praise. Now again, we have to kind of unpack these words that we see the invitations there to sing a new song. God has done something amazing. Well, what is that? Well, his right right hand and his holy arm have won. They've given him a victory. And the Lord has made known that victory. He's revealed it to everyone, everywhere. He's remembered his covenant with his faithful people of Israel. And now all the ends of the earth have seen this victory of our God. What are they talking about? The Lord's reign has come over all the earth. And it's such an amazing victory that the story of it has washed over all of creation This is big, friends. This is why the writer invites us to sing, oh, sing a new song unto the Lord. Verse 4 makes it clear that there are universal implications to this victory. This isn't just a local thing. This isn't just a personal thing. There's something way bigger than that. Verse 4 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, break forth into joyous song and sing his praises. There is a universal implication to this victory that God has rendered, the salvation that he has poured out, that all of the earth should declare it to be an amazing, amazing day. In other words, this isn't just contained to his people Israel. It's not a local victory, a regional victory, or just a single people. This victory that the psalmist is resonating with is something that is good news for all of creation and all the world then should rejoice in it. Verses 5 and 6 are a reminder, a call to humanity, to God's covenant people, to us here in the church and to all the church with the capital C, that we should make our praises even with man-made instruments. It says, sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, 
with the lyre, the sound of melody. Let it not even be contained there with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, before the King, who is the Lord. In other words, this is a praise that should radiate out of God's holy covenant people throughout all time. And that includes us here this morning. And so thank you, Ruth, for that reminder this morning that that when we sing, we give praise to God, we join this eternal chorus that's radiating out to the heavens. God, you are so amazing for your victory, for the salvation you have rendered us. We join all of creation in singing this song. Well, verses 7 and 8 tell us that all creation, even in nature, radiates with this song. It says, let the sea roar and everything that fills the sea, the world, and everyone who lives in it. Let the floods clap their hands and let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord. You hear that, friends? Even nature itself cries out with passion and joy into this great song, this new song that the Lord is pouring forth and calling us to join him into. You know, I've had some pretty extraordinary travel experiences for me this last couple weeks. I've been in the mountain peaks of Alaska and the beaches of, you know, Mexico. I mean, there's some pretty diverse travel there, right? And one thing that I noticed that was pretty interesting when I was in Alaska is the, the lack of little critters. I was kind of concerned about that. I didn't see squirrels running around or like little, usually there's like little scur- scurrying furry things around. And there wasn't a lot of that. And then there was also many mornings that I was out and I didn't hear a lot of birds either. It's, I, I don't know if maybe the eagles eat them all or something like that. Um, but it was just interesting that, you know, if you ever go outside in a different place when you're traveling or something, you just listen to the sound, the chorus that the, the land makes. It's different than it is here. You know, this morning as I took my early morning, you know, walk to, to stretch my hands and, and open my heart to the Lord, I, I just took in the sound of the many, many birds and scurrying things that were all over the place. But it was so different in Alaska. It's very quiet. I could hear a distant bird off in the top of a, a tall pine tree. And then you go to Mexico, and yeah, there's maybe some, some seagulls squirching up above, but the sound of the ocean is what dominated that moment of just the, you know, just the back and the forth and this unending pounding, this chorus of, of waves and power and majesty as the, the stars twinkled silently above me. There's a song that God has poured over all the earth. And in different places, it may sing it in different ways, but it is one chorus all together, singing this song of praise to the Lord our God. That's what the psalmist here is resonating with. Then it closes in verse 9 with what should be good news, that as we sing this new song unto the Lord, we do so under the recognition that he is going to return, for the Lord is coming. Now, specifically in our shared translation, it says, for he is coming to judge the earth, and he will judge the world with righteousness and all the people with equity, that which we long for so deeply, to make things right. But sometimes this word judging can kind of feel like, oh, is he coming, coming to judge? Is that a good thing? Do we really want that? Does that sound mean? Well, that word really resonates with the idea that he's coming to rule and to reign. But he comes and rules and reigns with a righteousness, with an equity. And so, yes, there is a discernment that's coming with his judgment. But make no doubt, friends, when the Lord comes to judge, to reign, to rule, he makes everything right. 
Everything becomes righteous. It's everything that we crave for as a world right now. He will come to judge the living and the dead. Well, friends, there's an interesting technical, technical, textual note that the Lord tucked in here. And it goes back to the beginning couple of verses that we sing to the Lord a new song. Well, why? Because he has done marvelous things. His right hand, his holy arm have gotten him a victory. And the Lord has made known that victory. He's revealed that vindication in the sight of all the nations. And you go down to verse 3, and it says, All the ends of the earth have seen this victory. So this word victory seems to be a key word here. It's the reason that we should sing a new song unto the Lord. Interesting that this word victory comes out of the Hebrew word yeshuat, yeshuat. Yeshuat rendered in a different voice would might mean salvation. The salvation of the Lord is here. His forgiveness, His grace, His mercy, His victory over that gape, that gap that we have between ourselves and Him because of our sin. And He has rendered a new story of victory and salvation, His Yeshuat. And if those sounds sound familiar to you, it's because that word Yeshuat carried forward and became uh, it became a name, a very common name, given to an uncommon person. Yeshuat emerged later in a different era to be the name of Jesus. God tucked into these ancient words, penned so long ago, the promise of his victory in Christ that it would encourage us to sing a new song unto the Lord, for he has done a marvelous thing. He has made known to us his Yeshuat, his salvation in Christ Jesus. He has remembered his steadfast love. He has made known his Yeshuat. He's revealed it to all the nations, and all the ends of the earth have seen his Yeshuat of God. Love that he tucked that there for us to find much later to know that's the victory that he was referring to, this Yeshuat, this Jesus to come to make things right, to bring a new story of salvation for us. That is his right hand as it promised in Hebrews that Jesus, after making vindication for all of us, is there now seated at the right hand of the Father to the glory of God. And you notice that in the text, it is with his right hand, his right side and his holy arm, that that is what's gotten him, this Yeshuat. So we sing praise as we sing a new song unto the Lord because of the salvation rendered to us in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we need that new song. So what is it to sing a new song? As we listen to these ancient words and this, this appeal to, to fill our hearts with a brand new song, what does that mean for us? How do we change our tune? What song have we been singing before that? It's been such a joy to get to know many of you over this course of the year, and I, I think what you've noticed that's maybe a little bit more, a little bit unique about me and, and my ministry is the understanding that I did not grow up here in the space of the church. I did not grow up with a, with a family that was, that was taking us to church every week. and we, we maybe went high holidays, but I don't really remember going at Easter, honestly. 
It was just, you know, but if you asked us, we would probably say, oh, we're religious of some type. But it really didn't live out in our lives at all. Enough that when I was a young, you know, early enough to make my own choices, I never went back to church. There was a many, many years that I never set foot in a church, never talked to anyone about God or Christ or anything like that. So I have a strange experience as a young adult to come into a church for the first time never having attended one in a long time. And it's a different experience when you walk into a church and you've never done it, you know? Uh, instantly, there's songs that are sung either out of a book or on a screen. Everyone seems to know them and they sing together and you think, okay, that's a little strange. You're all singing together. It's a little weird. We don't usually do that, you know? Is this karaoke? What is that? And what do these words even mean? I remember the first several times that I was coming, I would try to read the words on the screen or in the book quickly, like, but what does that mean? I don't want to say stuff that I don't really know or understand. And so I would leave sometimes with some confusion, like, well, that sounded pretty, but I don't really know if I get it yet, and so I'm, I don't know if that's really for me. But as you know in my story, there was a moment where I surrendered my life to Christ. With all my questions and fears and doubts kind of still present, I said, yes, Jesus, you can take my heart. You can take my life. You can remake me and rebuild me any way you choose. I follow you. I surrender. And I thank you, Lord, for your victory. And Christ came into my heart, and it changed me. I'll never forget going to church on that Sunday after I'd given my life to Christ on a Friday evening. And I went in, and suddenly the songs were just alive to me. I remember singing them, and I couldn't contain myself. The joy at these beautiful, beautiful words singing out to a Savior who loved me, who called me out of sin and darkness to live in this fresh new light. Oh, and as we were singing the songs together, I couldn't contain my, my movement. I, was, I found myself just dancing and dancing in the aisles, which is a little bit weird because it was a church they didn't do that. I just couldn't contain my joy. And this went on for some time. I'd go back on the Sundays and I'd just sing the songs with such enthusiasm. I still didn't understand all the words, but I understood the heart behind them. Oh, and it just resonated so much. Every song was brand new to me. I just loved it so much. And then after a couple of months, I started to turn around a little bit, and maybe that was a mistake. I looked to my left and right a little bit around me, and I noticed that during the song, some people really weren't participating much. And I started to look at the songs and the words and what they mean and how they radiated with such a love for God and a gratitude for his salvation and a promise to live for him. And I realized, oh, you can sing these and not really mean them. I didn't know that. I didn't know you could sing these words and not mean it. That also changed me. We can actually sing about the Lord and not really fully understand the story. So how do we sing a brand new tune? When I think about the songs that we sang here this morning, and there's a special irony, I know, to this call to sing a new song because we're here in a service that one of the things that marks this service is our, our love for the ancient songs, the book, the worship book. We love that. That's our, we have affection for that. And again, there's an idea that new song doesn't necessarily mean new words, new melodies, new tune, new instruments. 
It means new hearts, even in ancient words. What about the words that we sung this morning? All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, Alleluia. He is exalted. He is exalted, and I will praise his name. And thank you, Ruth, again. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Throughout the biblical story is the invitation to sing a new song. As I mentioned, Psalm 98 is here. It's right in the center of the book, but, but its footprint is so significant, it radiates out into the rest of the story. Over and over again, you see this appeal in the Psalms many times to sing a new song unto the Lord. And sometimes it's that literal, like this, sing a new song unto the Lord. Psalm 96 is an amazing parallel to Psalm 98. It's almost repeated, like we needed to hear it again. But it happens over and over again. When the prophets of Israel are calling the people to repent, they're saying, sing a new song. When John the Baptist comes, baptizing people, he's saying, but when you come for this baptism, repent, let your life, let's bear fruit that keeps with your repentance. He's saying, let's sing a new song. When Mary hears that instruction of the Holy Spirit, Mary, you're going to give birth and he's going to be the Savior. He's going to be the Savior. It says her soul magnifies the Lord. She's singing a new song. When Jesus looks over the poor and he said, blessed are you. He's saying, sing a new song. When many gathered before him, sick and tired and beaten down, and he heals them and forgives them and elevates them, he's saying, let's sing a new song. When he calls on the disciples to go out and bring healing and spread the good news that the king is here, he's saying, let's sing a new song. When the disciples gather together, and he takes the bread and he breaks it. He says, take this, all of you. This is my body. Share this and share it with others. He's saying, let's sing a new song. When Jesus dies, they are on the cross. And a soldier cries out, surely he was the son of God. That soldier was singing a new song. When the ladies came with the oils and wanted just to anoint the body, they found the stone was rolled away. All creation began to sing a new song. When the disciples were sent out into the world, proclaim this good news unto all the earth, start at your hometown, but continue out from there, they were singing a new song. When the Holy Spirit came and filled them with power and ability to do that mission, they went out singing a new song. When the church grew by many, day by day, and many were coming to know the Lord and becoming baptized and surrendering themselves to the Holy Spirit, they were singing a new song. And even when the persecutions came and the people stood strong, losing homes and families and their lives, they were singing a new song. And today, whenever someone Here's that story of God's salvation, his Yeshuat, 
and receives it fresh to their heart and says, yes, Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I proclaim your victory over my sin and death. I pledge myself to follow you as my Lord and Savior. We are singing a new song. Jesus said, Behold, I make all things new. Where do we pick up this tune? It's throughout the whole story. In Revelation chapter 5, they're there at the throne room of God. It says they're there in the place where our prayers, the prayers of the saints are there like a bowl of incense. And they're wondering who is it that's able to open the scrolls? Who is it that's able to come and bring righteousness and, and holiness and, and equity here on this earth? Who's able to fix this mess? And there in the throne room of God, it says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, they begin to sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slaughtered. And by your blood, you ransomed from God the saints from every tribe, every language, every nation, every people. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign here on earth. Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and under the sea, and all that is in them sang out together to the one seated on the throne, to the Lamb, blessing and honor and glory and might forever, forever and ever and ever. And the new song continues. Is it in your heart? We begin to sing a new song when we open our ears to hear the good news of God's victory is Yeshuat, that Jesus tore the veil in two, paid the price, invited us to receive fresh, a new anointing to walk and step with our God as our Father and our Lord to the glory of Jesus. We begin by opening our ears to the Holy Spirit that's saying, it's okay, open your heart, it's okay, it's even better than okay. It's the best. We begin to sing a new song when we open our hearts to that story of salvation, that Yeshuat, receiving Jesus into our heart to be our Savior, yes, and our Lord, lead us. We begin to sing a new song, friends, when we open our mouths, and yes, maybe even our hands, and we sing out of new hearts, maybe even ancient words. Let's pray through Psalm 98 as Ruth comes up to lead us in a response. Lord, thank you for this invitation that has gone out through all creation. I pray we'd hear it fresh today to sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Thank you, Lord, that your right hand and your holy arm have gotten you salvation. And it's a story that you've poured out for us. The Lord, you have made known your Yeshuat, your victory, your salvation. You've declared it over the nations. 
You remembered your steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel and all the ends of the earth have seen your Yeshuat. Lord, I pray that you would instill in each of us, and if you're here this morning, and these words sometimes that we sing and we speak just still seem foreign to you, and maybe you're here this morning, you just want to open your hands and your ears, the Holy Spirit's whispering to you today, just open your heart and begin to sing a new song. Join the chorus that all of creation is already singing to the glory of God's name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fill me with your presence in my heart that I may walk in victory and sing in praise for the rest of my days. I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior and my Lord. Place in my heart today a new song. In Jesus' name.